This is the Dive Bomb Squadcast, presented by Dive Bomb Industries. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dive Bomb Squadcast. I'm your host, Astra Tolliver. Summer is officially here with much of the country experiencing some intense heat waves. But hey, that just means we are inching closer to another waterfowl season. Today, I am joined by Indianapolis Colts wide receiver and waterfowl hunter, Mr. Michael Pittman Jr. Michael, thanks for joining me today, man. No problem, man. It's great to it's uh, great to um, come on here and um, talk about something that I'm so that I am so um, passionate about now. Absolutely, so. man. When we were setting up this call, you mentioned uh, you were on the West Coast uh, time in in California, so I assume you guys have already wrapped up mini camp in Indiana and you're back home chilling for a little while before returning uh, for training camp in July. Oh yeah. So we actually flew out here uh, last week cause we are still, or we did celebrate my um, daughter's first birthday. Right. So we like the family and everything and had a big old birthday party. I mean, I've never seen so many people at a, just at a <laughs> birthday party we probably have like 100 people show up and uh it's crazy that's awesome man that just means she is she is greatly loved and got a a huge support system so you can't beat that i know you'll likely be be busy in july but you you find yourself uh off on you know saturday july 16th man come uh swing down to squad fest for a day st louis is uh that ain't too far from mindy i think it's less than four hours so if you find your find yourself free man come see us it's uh it's gonna be a big time uh absolutely yeah let's let's talk about the the otas and mini camps you know i know it's early uh (laughs) but you guys you got a new quarterback in matt ryan how's the uh chemistry feeling there with the trio of yourself and, and campbell hines yeah, no, I mean, um, everything just um, is, like, going great, you know. Um, so I'm going in my third year here in uh, Indy, and I've had three different guys um, in Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and now uh, Matt. And, like, all of them have been absolutely great guys. They've been great leaders and really great players. So I'm just fortunate that we've been able to bring in such a good group of guys that have helped our uh, team. And now uh, we got Matt. So I'm looking forward to what he has for us. And um, everything I've seen so far is like just been great. Um, Locker room guy. I mean, he makes plays. He's always saying the right thing. Like this guy is like a 10 out of 10 motivational speaker. Like, like, like just the complete package. So absolutely awesome. And I didn't realize this. I was kind of browsing around before we got on here. You, you're big in YouTube. You have four hundred twenty-four thousand subscribers on your YouTube channel with your wife. That that's absolutely awesome, man. When did you get into that? Yeah. So we got into that my last year of college, and okay. we kind of slowed down now. Um, but um, it was actually my wife's idea, and I kept putting it off i'm like youtube like that's kind of dumb you know like like who wants to watch our day-to-day life like that's so boring and then you will be surprised at just the fan base and like the following that you can create through showing people your daily life sure. and um it's something that i need to get back on doing but ever since we pretty much had mila and we moved 
to a uh, house and everything. Like we just haven't really, really had time to really film the same way that we've been filming. But hopefully, when I get back to Indy, it starts up again, and and we can start putting more more um, videos out like we used to. Oh man, that that stuff is great. I mean, I I watched two of them. I watched one of your videos. Um, you were talking about your pregame routine, and you were telling a funny story from your rookie year when you almost missed, um, you know, walkthroughs before your first game, you guys had like yeah. an intense cornhole match going on. Tell us a little bit about that. Hi. So this was when I was a young rook. So like the vets, you know, like they got to let rookies like learn their, you know, like learn their uh, lessons. Right. So me and my other teammate are playing cornhole. Right. And we're going back and forth intense, intense game of cornhole. And we didn't notice that, Basically, all of the offensive players started walking out the door because we have all of the uh, all of our um, defensive guys are still just sitting there chilling. So, like, we're like, OK, it's just chilling. So I guess it's not time yet. And then we're probably going for five minutes. And then our team operations guy runs in there is like, Pitt, Pitt, we're out. We're out right now. And I didn't even have my jersey or cleats on. Right. Oh, so I to my locker, just throw it on. And then I'm running out there. I bust out the door and our offensive coordinator has his arm crossed, shaking his head at me. And then as I get closer, like all of the vets start like clapping it up because oh, that's what you like. Somebody's late, you know, like you start to slow clap and they get close, like you get louder and quicker. So, oh, and, and it was just like one of those things where I just was so embarrassed and um, yeah, so that's my rookie rookie story it's a there. Hilarious memory, but I know at the time you're just like, oh man, I I remember I used to always have this huge fear, and I would have these dreams at night when I was in spring training because that was one of the big things with spring training is you don't you 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 be there before the veteran guys. So I remember very specifically oh, yeah. Jim Tomey had come over to the Orioles and I was scared to death that one day that I wouldn't beat Jim to the field and he would get there early. Like you wouldn't, they wouldn't tell you when they'd get there. You just have to decide how early do I need to get here to be here before the veterans. And you might have a vet that gets there at six, you know? So you find yourself like panicking. Well, I would always, you know, I'd set like six, eight alarms and I always had this crazy, I mean, I would wake up in sweats from these dreams thinking about showing up and the team already like being on the field, like stretching. And I'm like coming yeah. in in my, my uh, clothes, you know, it just, oh my gosh, that haunted me. That was always like my biggest fear. And I was like, man, I need a plan for if like someday I ever sleep in, like I legitimately would probably like crash my car into like a pole or something and go to the hospital rather than show up whenever you're like a rookie and your vet, the veterans are like already on the field stretching. So it's, it's a hilarious memory. And it's so funny in the grand scheme of life that that was something that stressed me out like so bad. Yeah. And, And it's a hilarious memory. But at the time it's like, man, when you're a rookie, you're just trying to like, you know, you're trying to do the right things and say the right things and show everybody that you belong. And you know, you're not, overwhelmed by the situation or you are responsible enough to be where you need to be at certain times so man i'm sure uh you know looking back on it it's it's funny but i bet at the time you're just like man i can't believe we did that yeah but yeah that's too funny you know i also saw you guys were doing 
some the, the same video you guys were fly fishing on i think it was like friday as part of your you know your routine leading up yeah. to sunday that's good do you guys have many outdoorsmen you know waterfowl hunters fishermen on your on your roster um i say we have a lot of outdoorsmen i mean we're all kind of in our different ways i kind of all around do everything because i've always been into it and when i'm just into it like i'm all into it so i'm i'm deer waterfowl turkey um i want to go on some big game hunts here um pretty soon i just haven't found the time and it just doesn't line up with like football season uh elk and and moose and all that you know run through like football season but um but yeah i mean i say we got a lot of like fishermen we got a lot of guys that that hunt deer and um stuff like that yeah I, I was just curious about it because I saw it at the end of the year. Do you guys have to stay in hotels on Saturday nights, even for home games, or is that just was that just for COVID? We do stay at hotels, yeah. We do, even yeah. like non-COVID. Yeah, yeah, it's like even like non-COVID. Um, I think that's to stop guys from going out the night before, probably, yeah. <laughs> to make sure, sure everybody's sure. going. I was curious about that. I remember, I don't remember when it was, maybe a couple of years ago, I remember Aaron Rodgers saying something about, you know, he wasn't a fan of that, you know, because he's sleeping at home and it's not comfortable being on a different bed that he's not used to and uncomfortable with his back. But I just, I wasn't sure if that was, you know, still going on. I I, I guess it's a thing that's always been going on. I, I figured during COVID definitely to reduce the impact of, of uh, you know, getting infected, but uh, I didn't know that was that was a thing. That's pretty interesting. But yeah, I mean, you know, you're only playing one. You know, as baseball is kind of one of those things. Like you're playing 162 games. So if somebody yeah. like shows up hammered, and typically they're going to learn their lesson. Like they're, yeah, it sucks. You might have a bad day that day, but you're probably going to learn your lesson for a young guy. Like hey, you can't do that and keep it up. But man, you guys are only, you know, you're playing once a week, and yeah. uh, it's pretty every single game not that every, i'm not gonna say every game doesn't matter in, in baseball but you've got a lot more opportunity uh for air than you do in the nfl especially you know when it comes down to time to making the playoffs so yeah absolutely it's a bad a bad thing you know as long as guys are like you said comfortable in in these beds and able to get away from home and Whatever. I don't know. You would think, I don't know, maybe I'm off here, but you would think veteran guys, once you had your presence established in the league and they knew that, you know, this guy knew what he needed to do as far as his routine to be ready to play on Sunday, you figured that for a home game, you would stay out. I don't know. I guess for lack of better words, I think it's dumb um, for grown men, maybe like your, your young guys, you know, first few years in the league, I can kind of see it, but you know, making Aaron Rodgers stay in a hotel for a home game the night before or, or Matt Ryan, it's kind of like, what? Yeah. You know, I, mean, it's, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I'm not trying to get you to say anything bad about it. It just, for me as an outsider, it just seems pretty ridiculous, but whatever, especially when guys probably live five minutes from the stadium. <laughs> yeah, I know. But there's like really like two sides to it because on the other side, it's like, it's like now, if you're at home and you have kids like and a wife and sure. and 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 like a baby and then you got to stay up with the baby your wife sure. gets to so you got to do true. this that's true yeah, you're right. personally, i would rather stay at home yeah. personally um but you got to do what the team does that's for the sure. team does. for sure 
on those YouTube videos before we uh, get off the YouTube thing, do you, you know, I was kind of looking, it looks like it was like a vlog style and you're recording on your own. Do you do all your own editing on those as well? So we used to uh, up until a year ago and then we got a uh, video editor and she gotcha. does all stuff for us. Okay, cool. Nice, man. I was just curious about that. Before we switch gears, last thing. I was browsing your YouTube and I saw you got in a fight with Kyle Duggar, the New England Patriots last year in week 15 and you both got ejected. Can you, uh, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So some funny background is I actually know Doug pretty well. Right. So we had draft trained for like three, four months together. Right. And basically like our like, agents base or so our agents basically used our contracts to like, um, our contracts to like, negotiate each other's because i was a 34th pick i think he was a 36th pick so like me and him are tied together like pretty well um and and he just got under my face mask and and i've been known to have a little bit like of a temper like when i'm on the field throughout college and like throughout my early pro days so um I just got a little mad. I mean, if my own brother like did that to me, like sure, I would have. But then, um, as it went on, like I was walking towards him, and then Kyle Benoit comes up behind me and sneak pushes me. But honestly, that's probably the best thing that could have happened because it because that push probably saved me like fifteen thousand dollars that I that I would have had to pay like sure. if I were. Um, so uh i'd say thank you to um kyle for uh saving me money there so had you guys been chirping a little bit kind of leading up to that or was it just that particular not play? At all. not at all it was just that particular play <laughs> it happens man all right let's take it back to growing up let's uh, tell me a little bit about your youth where you grow up outdoor activity i mean i i know you grew up in Southern California. I mean, I don't, I don't want to steal yep. that from you, but yep. I don't know what, what kind of, what kind of outdoor recreation do you guys have there? Or is this something that you've kind of gotten into as you've gotten older? Yeah. So, um, I grew up in Bakersfield, which is like two hours North of LA and kind of like inland. Um, and then when I was a little older, when I got into elementary school, I moved up to Valencia and that's where my, my mom still lives. Um, and then, like, I went back and forth from Florida and California because, like, my dad, like, lived in Florida. Um, but in Southern California, there's not a lot of open space to go hunt. So what I turn to is the um, ocean. So I would ocean fish. I'd fish off the beach. I would spear fish, and I would uh, shore dive. And then as I got older, you know, like, you start meeting people, um, I started spearfishing off of a boat, fishing off of boats. Because in Southern California, that's pretty much as wild as it gets is, like, the, like, ocean, you know. Uh, And I had done a couple things. Like, you know, like, you get with, like, your cousins and, like, your friends. You go out and shoot some rabbits or something stupid like that, you know. Um, You go, like, rattlesnake hunting and do all that stuff. Um, So, like, I did that, like, in between. But um, it really started with, like, the ocean. And then I'd always watch videos of people hunting deer and doing all this. And then my grandfather was a big hunter uh, before he hurt his knee. He had, he had dogs. He used to hunt pigs and deer as a whole bunch of stuff. So I never got to hunt with him, um, but I always had it in me from him. So 
Um, and then when I got to Indy, right? So like Indiana, right? Sure. So like now, so like now, like I have everything that I've ever wanted, like in front of me, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I started buying bows and 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 rifles so I could go hunt and everything and shotguns. And then I just started meeting people um, and meeting farmers and doing all this and learning more about everything because um, I've always watched videos, but I never really done it myself. So now I'm buying buying camo, you know, I'm sure. because it's funny. I would never spend money on like on like Gucci or like Louis Vuitton stuff, but if you throw some camo on it, I'm gonna spend money. <laughs> so <laughs> it's so funny, but um, so so like just getting all that, getting my decoys. I got a bunch of full bodies, and then realized that these take up too much space. And then I started five <laughs> bombs, like which is you guys, and and. Um, yeah, so so that's pretty much how it happened. Like it just started happening really fast, and and now you know I got a little Polaris crew cab Ranger right, that I. All right. And, uh, um, that's so awesome, I'm awesome, man. That's awesome. And I know I know your quarterback last year, Carson Wentz. He's a big waterfowl hunter. Uh, Absolutely. Ha- did you guys ever get together and go? Did he kind? Did he have any influence on? kind of getting you fired up or motivated to do it or did it kind of start somewhere else well it started somewhere else but i knew that he was like big into it and and he does all that i uh, tried to get him to go goose hunting with us a couple times like late season mm-hmm. uh, but it just never lined up with his uh schedule and he had just had his second daughter so i mean he you know like he really was had his hands full sure. but um, I actually plan on hunting with him um, sometime in waterfowl season because he actually has a nice farm that he just bought that that is absolutely insane. I mean, it's it's perfect for deer, turkey, and ducks, man. It's awesome. is that in North Dakota? Um, it's not in North Dakota. I mean, I don't want to say where it's at because I'm not sure if he wants people to sure, know, sure. but but um, it's not in North Dakota. I like gotcha. I'll tell you, gotcha. That's awesome. How do you like it in Indianapolis? I mean, that's quite a, or not even, not even necessarily Indianapolis, but Indiana itself. I mean, that's quite a change from Bakersfield, California. Yeah, no, I mean, it. it's definitely different, but after living there, I mean, it's going to be hard for me to decide where I'm going to live because you go over to Indiana and um, it's almost like there's so much more freedom out there, you know what I'm saying? Like versus living in California and, um, you can do so much more. I mean, um, and like, just like houses and land and everything. So I actually live kind of outside of Indianapolis. So I live, uh, probably 25 minutes North of there. Okay. Um, so, so like I'm, and like my next house is I'm going to try to buy somewhere, where I can get a couple of acres. Well, not just a couple, like I'm looking for 40 acres plus, um, whether I could put a house on it or just have a couple fields and like wooded plots. Uh, So like I'm trying to get, get deep in it. So (laughs) do you remember your first waterfowl hunt? I do remember my first waterfowl hunt. How'd it go? So we were, um, we were, we were actually on a field that's probably only four miles away from the facility. Okay. Um, 
So these are city birds. You might you might have a chance to shoot some bands there. Well, so <laughs> the um, Colts facility is is uh, in uh, Brownsburg, so it's like okay. a little bit. Um, and and we were even further further west. So um, we were sitting on a field, and and it was pouring right, and um, and it was my first time hunting and. And and we didn't see any birds for like four hours, right? So like I'm like, wow, sucks. Like <laughs> goose hunting I was is sticking it out, fat. man. I'm telling you what, if I sat out there for four hours and didn't see a bird in the rain, I'd have been gone, man. So props to you for hanging with it. <laughs> yeah, but but then like they just started flying in at like nine and ten, right? Okay. Uh, and we ended up knocking out limits, right? And then after that, I mean, like the first one flies over, and I miss terrible. Like flies right over us, and like like take them, boom, 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 all three shots missed, <laughs> and I was, I was just completely in shock. And then um, after that, I mean, big groups started flying in, and we were just oh, man, that's awesome. And like when you shoot them, and they start tumbling, and you just get that feeling like oh, yeah. Yeah. so tumbling geese, you know, like that's the best. And then we've seen a couple of ducks. Um, I couldn't hit any because, because uh, I guess I'm a bad shot or I like, was a bad shot. So, uh, a duck's move a little quicker. Who'd you go with? Who got, who got hooked up with the, uh, like the permission, like the land access or the field or. Yeah. So I went with, my, yeah. So, so I had all my own stuff at that point because we okay. had talked about once so I was like, let me get my own gotcha. stuff. Got my own shotgun, my own camo and all that. So. My buddy Ronnie Sanders, who's who's been waterfowl hunting in Indiana for probably forty plus years. Okay. So he actually took me out there, and we just had an absolute blast. Man, that is sweet. What kind of gun are you shooting? So I am shooting a Weatherby eighteen I, but I am going to switch. Or so I've shot two. I've shot the Winchester uh, the Winchester SX four, which I like better um but i think i'm gonna upgrade to some type of benelli i haven't decided which one i mean i i, I think i recommend man super I, know, black. I know some of our some of our guys would say ah you're benelli guy they're they're beretta guys but for me benelli's where it's at dude super black eagle three you can't go wrong yeah yeah so that is the other one that i was looking at i mean like i like to shoot the three and a half i mean i like to think the extra half an inch just gives me more power and more reach uh whether whether it does or not i mean i don't know but but it's just a mental thing that's awesome how'd you first hear about dive bomb industries i first heard about it from another group of guys that i hunt with um they have like they have like 15 dozen of them and like i was like man these are so much better because they come in these little boxes i could have 15 dozen and put them in my garage you know like i don't have to have a whole other storage and actually the first time that i ever shot over dive bombs we limited out in like two hours so like i was like you know like i was hooked like i was like it worked (laughs) and it was a um it was a cloudy, like, like, um, sleeting day. So like, it was like snowing and like sleeting. So like, there wasn't lots of like sun and like casting shadows and like, they were still landing right in it. So, um, after that, I mean, I was just fully on board, you know what I'm saying? 
you guys running mostly A-frame type of hides, layout blinds? What have you guys been doing there? Yeah, yeah. so um, I prefer layout blinds. Now, they're not the most comfortable, um, especially when you can have, like, a nice, like, heater, like, in, like, your A-frame. But I just feel like lay flats give you more concealability, and you could be in the middle of the field versus, like, on the edge sure. of so, uh, but I mean, I hunt both really, but I just find that I limit more when I'm in layouts. Hey man, you're, for, for where you're at hunting wise, I mean, you're, you've got to just tell by the way, like you're talking, you've got a good grasp. Like you've been around some people that oh yeah, I think they know what they're doing, teaching their right way, just kind of listen to you because a lot of people, some of the stuff I'm asking or the responses, you know, it might be a little foreign to new hunters, even even people that's maybe been hunting, you know, four or five years. But for you to have and just get into it, you know, you've got a got a pretty dang good grasp on on understanding, you know, how this how this whole thing works and how it comes together and what makes you successful. You know, and one thing when you, you talk about the the oh. A frame or the layout blind situation, um you know, there, there's a time and a place for both of them. I think the the rising popularity of the A-frame, you know, has really come for the reasons you said, you know, the comfort, you know, sitting in a chair, you know, you can put your heaters in there. You're all kind of sitting there together, a little bit more social. I think people shoot much better from that position going from a chair to standing up as opposed to the action of popping doors open, laying up from a layout and doing basically like an ab crunch and then bringing your gun to your shoulder and shooting, especially for a little older crowd. But man, there, there's such a time and place for both of them. But I feel like, you know, as much as I like A-frame blinds, you can get away with a lot more air in a layout style blind, especially if I know everybody likes hunting in the decoys and having birds landing on top of them right in their face at 10 yards. And if the situation calls for that, it's a beautiful thing. But if it doesn't, maybe you're later in the season, the wind isn't right, the birds are acting funny, you've been hunting these birds for a while and they're pressured, and there's nothing wrong with hunting out of a layout blind, getting out of the decoys and just ultra low profile and you know still being able to hunt maybe towards the middle of the field whereas a frames you know and there's a lot of people that will say yeah you throw an a frame in the middle of the field you're fine i think there are some geese at in certain parts of the country during certain times of the year that you can do that uh but a lot of places as you move down the flyway you just can't do it. Um, it. You can't get away from it unless you've got something else that can break you up out there in that field. If you slap one A frame in the middle of a field on pressured geese that have been coming there, your odds, I'm just going to say it, your odds are much smaller than if you were hunting in a lower profile. It's not to say you're not going to kill them, but I, I don't think your odds are as good. I think that, um, you know, you're, you're just giving yourself an advantage. Now, if the field's got a an edge or a tree line or they've been feeding up next to it, you're you're fine. You can do that. You can put the A-frame up. But if, if it's a wide open, bare field in a situation that that doesn't play, then you can't force what's not there. So, yeah, man, very impressive. Uh, you're, uh, you're, you're certainly on the right track. I want to shift gears slightly. You played 
You played college football at USC where you were a second-team All-American, two-time first-team All-Pac-12, eventually drafted by the Colts in the second round with the 34th overall pick of the 2020 NFL Draft. What's the biggest difference you noticed in your rookie season going from the Pac-12 to the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the absolute biggest thing is just the speed of every player around me, right? You know, now in college, like I catch the ball, turn, look around, make a move and keep going. Now, like in like the NFL, like you got to catch and tuck because they're right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was really the biggest thing for me because I had always been able to catch the ball and really like look around and decide like what I'm doing versus like now, like I just got to guess where he's at and like make a move, you know, and if, like you make the wrong move, like you're going to get hit like right, like in the chin. So sometimes, you know, like sometimes like you're right, sometimes you're wrong, and sometimes you get hit. So uh, that's probably the biggest difference. For sure. I've got to ask, you know, I know any any competitor, especially someone that's doing it at the level that you're doing it, nobody wants to say that they're no, – nobody's going to back down from a challenge or be intimidated. You don't get to where you have gotten by not having the mentality that you've got. But if there is one cornerback that you – you're not overly excited to line up against, let's just call it that, uh, who would that be? Yeah. I would probably say the hardest cornerbacks to beat are always the one that are on your team. So I'd probably say Kenny Moore and Stephon Gilmore probably give me the most trouble uh, because they just know me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, whenever I line up against them, like, I always got to give them something extra. You know what I'm saying? Um, because I go up against them every single day. So, like, they start to get used to our concepts and routes and the way I move. So, um, I think that those two really help me out and they really just get me that much better because they just make me think more. Um, but in terms of other teams, you know, like I always like going up against um, Trey Davis White. I think that he is a really good player. Um, I think that J.C. Jackson is also a good player. And uh, like there's like a lot of other guys that I just can't can't just name like off the top but um like you know if you put a list in front of me you know like i could probably name like 10 other guys but sure. but i'll just stop it at them right there yeah, yeah i mean it's the nfl so they're all badass so it doesn't matter who what sunday it is maybe one maybe based on a guy's particular skill set might be a little bit more badass than another one but at the end of the day they you ain't getting getting away with anything easy on any sunday it don't matter who you're playing or who you're lining up against so uh man slightly going backwards who who's your quarterback at usc so my quarterback in usc i actually had a bunch um uh, we'll start from the beginning we had max brown then it was sam darnold who's with the panthers right okay. now then it was jt daniels yeah. uh, and then it was jt Daniels at one point and then it was matt fink went Golly. back to daniels. And then, and then uh, Keaton Slovis. Okay. Now, JT Daniels, didn't he was like a dude coming to USC, right? Like, didn't he start at USC and then he went to Georgia for a couple years? And yeah. now he's at yeah. West Virginia. I mean, he, he's not getting that starting job back from Stetson Bennett after winning the national championship. Dude, it seems like he's been everywhere. Yeah, he yeah, he, he's just been in a bunch of tough situations because he was our starter 
for one year and then was going to be our starter going into the year. And then he got hurt and tore his ACL. And then after that, uh, Keaton Slovis, I had a really good freshman year. And, um, and then after that, you know, things go the way they go. And then he transferred to Georgia where he was still hurt and he wasn't a, or, and, and then he wasn't able to play. And then, um, Stetson Bennett started gaining steam, you know, and then they go on the national championship and then like, it's over from there. Like, you know, like you win the national championship, like you got your job. (laughs) So so, uh, it's just been unfortunate for him, but I think that, um, I think that he's going to do well, well now. And, uh, um, I am excited for him and, uh, uh, I think it's going to go good for him. How do you think Lincoln Raleigh's going to do at USC? Oh, I mean, I'm so excited. I've, I've been talking so much trash, so if they're not doing what I'm going to do, I'm going to look really good. I've been talking reckless to all of my teammates, to everybody that asked me. Oh, man. So, that was so a hard I, move, man. I think I'm I'm certain it's going to work out for him. He's a, he's a hell of a coach. He sure is. No doubt. It looks like you got a bye week early in December. For a waterfowl hunter, that is a – it's a great week for it. What's a bye week even look like for you guys? I mean, I assume you get some time off the week of yep. the bye to recover, and then you get back to hitting it hard the next week before the following weekend. What's how's that? So go? the bye week, I mean, it really depends on where you are, like in your season. You know, like if you're sitting and you have like a good like record, the bye week looks way better like than a team that doesn't have. Right. So let's assume that we're winning because that's what we're gonna do. All right. Um, it, the bye week looks like we have a game on Sunday and then we'll come in Monday and then we'll break down film and we'll have a little walkthrough practice. And then Tuesday through, uh, Tuesday through that Sunday, we will be off. So, so we got a nice little, a nice little chunk, a nice little week that, um, were that, that, uh, we should be off. So, all right, well, maybe you'll get a chance to go out and, Go out and kill some geese, kill some ducks that week. Maybe a nice little cold front will will push them in for you. Timing will be right with your bye week. Last year was a big year for you, man. 88 receptions, over 1,000 yards. So I know the expectations are high for 2022. Do you have any specific goals for the upcoming season? Um, Specific goals, I mean, I got a lot of specific goals, I'll be honest with you, but I, um, a couple of them, I, I mean, like I want 1,400-plus yards, uh, uh, eight-plus touchdowns, and really, like I just want to win. You know, yeah. last last year we didn't do enough of that. Um, you know, I want to win a Super Bowl, I, or like I want to win a AFC championship. I want to go to Super Bowl. I want to go to the Pro Bowl. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the list just goes on. I can sit here and tell awesome, you man. off the list, but but those are the main ones. Absolutely. And were you a Pro Bowl alternate last year? I was a Pro Bowl alternate. I was one away from being in the Pro Bowl, which is Man. which is absolutely devastating. That's devastating, but absolutely awesome at the same time in your second year, man. I mean, that's yeah. that's killer, dude. Um, you know, we've kind of been going back and forth like NFL waterfowl hunting, NFL waterfowl hunting. Have you been blowing a goose call much or anything or a duck call? Have you gotten into that side of it at all? Retriever? Oh, yeah. Any of that yeah. fun stuff? Yeah, so 
I always try, but all of my friends are all experienced waterfowl hunters, so they always give me shit about it. Like when I start blowing my call, they're like, "Wow, you now like a messed up goose." I mean, they have other words, but right, uh, right. Uh, um, so they always like give me crap about it. So I usually just kind of keep it like on my neck and and, and don't really blow it. But but I've been practicing, so hopefully, so hopefully this year, you know, like they're not as like embarrassed to hear me. Use my goose call. <laughs> what, what kind of call you got? I got a, um, I got a, uh, it's a, it's a BG hammer, and but I don't right, even know, yeah. know what my duck call is. Like I literally just, like I've had these for probably two years. I literally just went to uh, Bass Pro, and and just grabbed one within the the price range like that I thought I could get like a decent call with. Sure um didn't even really look at the brand i just looked at the price i was like oh that's that's like 60 bucks it should be decent that one's like a hundred dollars it should work pretty good so <laughs> hey you you get a day off you make your way over to squad fest and i guarantee you you will take home as many calls as you want and they will be the top of the line top of the line the best calls on the planet so you find a way to get yourself over there and i'll i'll get you hooked up with whoever we need to get you hooked up with you just let me know and we'll take care of you that's not to say your buck gardener is not going to work for you but different calls work for different people you know with different lengths and shapes and where they are experience wise so you know i geez i'm looking at a call cabinet here in, in my house it's got about 60 calls in it and they've a lot of them work in different ways you know for different species and different times of year so that's one fun thing about calls is you just can't hardly have enough of them. It's kind of like decoys, you know. You just yeah. It's always something you want to add to the arsenal. Have you got a got a retriever or anything like that? Or so I actually have been looking at a couple of dogs, trying to decide what the right dog is for me and my family. So I've been looking at a couple dogs. I've been looking at German short hair pointers. Okay. Uh, uh, labs. Um, golden retrievers, and then I was looking at an Irish setter, but I've I think that I've crossed them off of the list. I don't think they're great waterfowl dogs, but they're good pointing dogs, and 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 that's kind of what I want. Like like I want a dog that can kind of do both. Oh, it's that that like can point and can get waterfowl. Um, so that's why I'm kind of leaning towards the uh, German short hair pointer. But I, but I also know that there are pointing labs too. So, so like I'm just kind of like, just like waiting and chilling to see for what sure. the right dog is for me. But no going need to rush, man. No oh. need to rush. You got a big season ahead, and y'all got to, you know, your wife's got her hands full with that little one. So, in due time, you know, when the time's right, you ready to dedicate to it, then you, you know, you, you get one and you take all the steps necessary to, you know, to get him or her where you want it to be with you know, what your outdoor recreation looks like. And another thing to keep in mind, you know, with dogs, I, I mean, I'm a lab guy and I'm partial to them, but, you know, we love our dogs in the field, uh, our gun dogs, when they go get our ducks and our geese and our cranes and all that fun stuff. But at the end of the day, these dogs over the course of their lives are spending 98%, maybe even more than that, not hunting, you know? So yeah. more important than anything, like, yeah, we get them with that being the objective, but more important than anything, they're going to spend the most of their time just 
being your pet, you know, around your house or around your children and, and your guests and all that stuff. So making sure you've got a good quality pet that just the likes being there with you and hanging out with you and just puts off a good vibe and it's just a good all around dog. And I think that's one thing to really remember, at least for, for me, my dog, I, I treat them like they're part of the family. I don't, you know, I know some people say, Hey, they're a machine. They've got one job to go retrieve and be a gun dog. And that's fine. I respect that. But me personally, that's not the approach I take with my dog. My dog's sitting under my feet right now while I'm doing this podcast (laughs) sleeping and, uh, he's part of the family. And when it's time to go to work, he knows it's time to go to work. But, um, you know, finding that dog that fits you and your lifestyle, you know, whether you, maybe you guys in the off season, you like to go on like road trips or camping or, uh, you know, finding a dog that can do the things that you like to do as a family, I think is as important as getting a dog that is really, really good in the field. It's all, it's all fun to have a rock star in the field, but they spend a hell of a lot more time with us off the field than they do in the field. So I think that's, you know, some important to keep in mind what fits your family and your lifestyle. Um, the very best. What about, what about, um, recipes? You got any certain recipe or way that you've like preparing your game that you've, you've gotten kind of turned to as your go-to? Yeah. Yeah. So I have one for goose and one for, um, one for a deer. And then with duck, I mean, like, like I just let my wife pretty much do everything. Like she cooks 90%. Now probably like 95% of everything that I bring home. <laughs> but uh, one thing that I like to do with deer is I slice it really thin okay. and I get this um, teriyaki. Now are these the back straps you're talking about? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. So then I slice it really thin and then um i cook it and then i have this like almost vinegar teriyaki sauce like it's not quite teriyaki sauce um it's like some type of like korean barbecue sauce okay and have a little plate of cooked meat and just dip it and eat it like that and i'm telling you it's the thing ever you know and then for uh goose um i kind of just uh throw it in the uh crock pot And then I just let it get to where it kind of like pulls apart and basically just eat it like pulled pork sliders. And uh, that's probably my favorite way to to eat goose. If you can't beat it. Man, we had a guy last year, we're in Maryland, and he took a bunch of goose breast and put them in a crock pot overnight with a bunch of beer and other spices. And man, the next day we just made little shredded them, street tacos and dude, they were fire. Like I oh. couldn't even hardly tell it wasn't brisket. I mean, it was, it was really, really good. Um, man, I've, I've, I've had you, you know, 45 minutes now. I know you've got stuff going on. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but, uh, I got to ask you, man, before we go, are the Colts going to make the playoffs in 2022? 100%. Yes. 100%. Yeah. How far are we going, man? I mean, I mean, we're going all we're we're going all the way. I don't know where the big game is at, but I know that we're going there. All so right, let's uh, go, man. I'm ready for it. That's the that's the only attitude to have, man. All in. We uh we're excited for you guys. That's what we'd like to hear. You've got fans here, and we will definitely be watching and rooting for you and your teammates to have a very healthy and uh, successful season this year, man. I know it's gonna it's gonna be a great run. 
I'm going to let you go, Michael. I appreciate you uh, taking your time out of your day to join me. And uh, let's see if we can get something lined up. We'll get together, get you out with us. Let's, let's see if we can go kill some stuff. Absolutely. And thank you guys for having me on, man. Like it's like been a blast. Absolutely, man. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Stay healthy. And uh, we'll be keeping up, my friend. All right. All right, man. See ya. All right. Thanks, Ash. Appreciate you. Yeah, Bye. appreciate it. All right. Michael Pittman. Man, that was that was a lot of fun. Just kind of going back and forth between football and waterfowl hunting. Um, but kind of like I was talking about earlier, you can tell that that he's hunting with some guys that they know what they're doing. It sounds like they've been doing it for a little bit. He's got some got some good mentors. He's he's on the right track, that's for sure. It sounds like he he absolutely loves it and he's ate up with it. So it's a crazy addiction, man. As as all you listening know, it is it it's a serious addiction, but boy, it's a fun addiction. There's nothing better. Squad Fest, it's coming up soon. We uh, we just talked about it there on the podcast, but if your uh, calendars are not marked, make sure you mark them July 15th and 16th. That's Friday and Saturday. That's the third weekend in July. Do not miss it. Give us a follow on all of our social media platforms. Until next time, y'all be good. Thank you for listening to the Dive Bomb Squadcast. Thank you.